welcome back to another episode of Womanhood in the Rough. So today I get to speak to the Catherine Ray. Some of you may not know who she is, but she is one of my favorite authors of all time. And she has written many books. Some include Dear Mr. Knightley, Lizzie and Jane, A Portrait of Emily Price, and so on. She's even coming out with a new book very soon. So I hope you guys enjoy this lovely interview with the Catherine Ray. So I do do tours. And for my books, they really started to pick up at the printed letter bookshop. Um, But then Awful Beautiful Life published in December of 2019. And that sort of spring tour was canceled due to COVID. And then my next book of literature and lattes uh, published right during COVID. And so there's no tour with that one. But the London house, um, you know, was kind of on the back end. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still touring for that, which is really fun. Even though it published in November, um, I've got two talks in a couple weeks. I've got a few more here in the Chicago area this month. And then I head to South Carolina next month. And so I'm so thrilled that people still want to hear about the London House at libraries and bookstores and book clubs. And that's a lot of fun. And then um, my publicist is arranging a very, very big tour for A Shadow in Moscow, which for an introvert is a little scary, but a little scary and and daunting and and exhausting. Um, But I'm actually, you know, thrilled, too, because uh, it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that novel out and about. So are yeah. you traveling all over the country for the big tour? I am, yes. Um, yeah, she's got she's got stops. I mean, it doesn't come out till June, and she's already yeah. got tentative stops all over the place. Oh wow! I know, I know. It's gonna be fun, but it's gonna be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you can say, but like, do you know or can you say any of the cities that you guys will be hitting? Oh yeah, well, obviously, be here in Chicago. Yeah. I'm going to be in Providence. And around Rhode Island a little bit. Then I head okay. south to Atlanta and, and some stops in South Carolina, Charleston, and a few other towns in South Carolina. I will also be heading to Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland. I'll be heading up to Michigan. And I'll be heading west later in the summer. Um, but I don't know those cities yet. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. I I know. It's going to be fun. (laughs) That is so fun. Um, Okay. So my last question for you is like, maybe not even necessarily your books, but like, what are your top like book reads? Like, you know, the top three or whatever that you like just automatically grab. Okay. So do you mean like an author, author comes out with a book and I will grab it no matter what? Yeah. Okay. Amor Tolls. I gotta be honest. Okay. I've got a little little bit of a literary crush on him. He's only written three books and I have loved them all. Um, I just I love the cadence of his writing, his prose. I like the way he crafts a story. Uh, another, quite honestly, Kate Quinn. She writes a book and I am there and I'm buying that book. I yeah. love her pace, her research, um, her characterization. Um, I just have a lot of fun with her. So so like off the top of my head, those are two absolute go-tos. That said, I, I truly believe it's important to read books from other time periods. So I've always got my hand in some sort of classic literature, whether it be from the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. Um, and at the moment, 
not that it's that far away, but I'm reading Anne of Green Gables. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, like, like last year I read um, Anna Karenina, absolutely loved it. Could not believe how much I loved that story. Yeah. Um, So I do try to keep my hands sort of in, in other genres and time periods as well. What is your favorite like time period to read? That I don't have. Okay. Um, yeah, nor right. I mean, prior to the London house, I was a contemporary novelist and now I'm dipping into historical fiction. Yeah. That's the thing. I love historical. I love fantasy. I mean, honestly, the Lord of the Rings is the best book I've ever read. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a genre or a time period that I, that is my favorite. The only things I, I won't read horror. I'm too visual. Um, I tried to read it because my daughter loved it and I got to yeah. like page 12. I mean, I mean, seriously, page 12. And that's oh, as yeah. far as I got. But um, so it's the only genre I won't read. But, um, but I really don't have a, a time period or a genre that is my favorite. Well, thank you so much for like talking about books. And like, ah. I'm a huge reader. So like, I'm definitely going to go look up uh, different time periods and the authors that you had mentioned. Wonderful. Have fun with them. I'm so glad. And thank you yeah. so much for inviting me to be here. This has been an absolute delight. Yeah. I hear your baby in the background. Yes, he is very, very vocal. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's fun. So thank you again. I've yeah. really enjoyed this. Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful day. You too. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Um, Hi, I'm Catherine Ray, and I'm so delighted to be here. I um, have been married 30 years last week. I've just aged myself with that number, I know. I've got three (laughs) kids. Uh, Two are in college, and one is out of college. And I live outside Chicago, Illinois. And I am a writer of books. Um, My 10th book will come out uh, June 13th, 2023. So I'm in edits for that one which is a lot of fun. It's a great sort of stage to be in. And I'm beginning my next story soon. Um, So that's a little bit about me. Okay. So I do want to eventually, you know, talk about your writing and your books. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do have like two beginner questions um, kind of uh, for young moms. And because you are a mom yourself, do you have like any encouragement or advice for young moms? Uh, yes. Um, wow. Okay. So I, I do remember being a young mom. Um, <laughs> number one, the physical exhaustion does end. The emotional exhaustion hasn't begun. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but another thing, um, there's this myth, at least I believe it's a myth that we as moms can have it all. And that may be true, but not necessarily all at once. The demands on our time are huge and they are important. And, and I think giving ourselves permission to say, hey, this is where my focus needs to be. And that precludes my focus being able to be other places is really important. Um, because when our kids are young, that is a stressful time. They're on the move. They are growing. There's so much going on in life. And I think we can heap more stress on ourselves than we need to. So there you go. There's an old mom 
giving a little bit young mom advice. Yeah, no, that's, I feel like I'm definitely learning that right now. I am very much of an overachiever. So like, yeah, trying to do everything and realizing I only have so much energy and like with the sleep deprivation on top of that, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, there's time. There will be a moment when all of your kids are in school of some sort. There will be a moment when they're in high school and they can drive and they're actually gone from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. There will be a moment when they go to college um, or if they don't go to college, they will be in the workforce. Um, yeah. there, there is time and we don't give ourselves permission to enjoy the time we're in sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. That is so good. You're, you're speaking to me right here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm speaking to young me that didn't listen. No. <laughs> Um, okay. So you said you've been married, um, 30 years. Congratulations, by the way. That is awesome. I know. I feel like I'm putting up serious numbers, which is, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think of myself as old enough to have such serious numbers. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Since you are or have been married 30 years, what is a piece of marriage advice that you can give to, you know, someone who is married younger or yeah, hasn't been married 30 years. Right. <laughs> um, wow. A big one is forgiveness. It's a huge one. It is so easy and it can happen so quickly when that line of hurt becomes that line of anger and resentment. And then that's a snowballing problem. Um, and so even you know, forgiveness is not an act, I always say, of emotion. It's an act of will. Yeah. Um, just to really uh, focus on that in the arguments and strife that comes up in a marriage. Because strife and arguments will come up. Two people living closely together, you know, in a marriage will. They'll, they'll argue. Um, forgiveness is a huge one. There you go. That, that is great. Actually, that's something that I have not heard in in the advice section you know I feel like a lot of times it's like oh spend more time with your husband but I feel like <laughs> that is such an important one is like forgiveness is like I mean yeah no that's definitely one that I need to work on <laughs> <laughs> well you you are not going to want to spend time with your husband unless you've forgiven him from the last argument <laughs> exactly <laughs> Okay, so I do, because I did, like, have you on my podcast, because I love your books, and I do want to talk about, you know, your writing and how you got started with that. Oh, so I got started in an unusual way. It's kind of a second career for me. Um, In 2009, I was very, very seriously injured, and it took three surgeries to put me back together, and it took almost a year of recovery, and during that year... The what I would call the building blocks of my life were removed for a little bit in the sense that I couldn't work. I couldn't volunteer. I was basically on my couch. I couldn't even drive my kids carpools. I couldn't make dinner for a lot of that time because I couldn't stand long enough. Mm. Um, so I read a lot of books. And during that time, Dear Mr. Knightley, which is my debut novel, yes. kind of came to me fully formed. There was this young woman in pain. And she's in pain because... She had a very traumatic childhood in the Chicago foster care system. Um, She's in pain and she's learning 
where to stand and she's learning to find her own voice and she's learning not to hide. Mm. And um, so that's where that book came from. And when it was purchased, it was purchased in a three book contract. So all of a sudden I had to figure out how to do that job for real Um, Mm. (laughs) because a year later, Lizzie and Jane was due, um, which was my second novel. So that's how I started and I just haven't stopped. I love writing. I love the things I get to say in fiction. I think fiction is a wonderful way to convey depth and truth and insights into human nature because we allow fiction behind our self-defense mechanisms. We let those stories in and we ponder them in in ways that we don't approach nonfiction. So um, although I've written a nonfiction book, I I think I am a fiction writer. (laughs) Yes. So where you said like, Dear Mr. Knightley just kind of came to you. So like, where did you just like get your inspiration from other books or like? Yes. So um, I was in so much pain. I could not read new books. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, that you have to revisit old friends. You can't, you don't have the energy to make new friends. Mm. So I revisited Jane Austen and the Brontes and I started getting this feeling of a story But then I reread a childhood favorite of mine, Daddy Long Legs by Gene Webster, a 1911 classic. Mm. And all of a sudden, I had the framework around which to hang this story. And and so while uh, Dear Mr. Knightley absolutely hangs on the epistolary framework of Daddy Long Legs, it does not follow Joshua Abbott's emotional journey. It's a very different emotional journey. But it's an homage to books. In fact, Sam hides behind the personas of literary characters because that's a safe place. And she learns to lay down that fiction and learn fact and learn her own voice and learn truth. Mm. Um, So, yes, it was a deep dive into my favorite literature that inspired that story. You know, that's so funny that you bring up Daddy Longlegs because I was just telling one of my friends about Dear Mr. Knightley. And she goes, you know, that sounds so similar to one of my favorite books. There you go. No way. Not by coincidence. (laughs) Okay, so I know you talked about, like, you have a book coming out next year. So kind of talk about that, or I don't know what you can talk about or say much about, but yeah. Um, It is, it's just received a title, and it doesn't have a cover yet, but it will soon. And the title is A Shadow in Moscow. And I'm so excited about this story. It's a split-time narrative, much, much like meaning um, uh, London House was my first sort of split-time narrative book. And A Shadow in Moscow is the same way, but it follows two women, one a CIA spy in Moscow and the other an MI6 spy in Moscow. And these women are circling each other throughout the Cold War era until an event happens in 1985, and that's when the story ends, that compromises have to be struck and deals made or neither of them are going to get out of the Soviet Union alive. Mm. So it is a love story. It is um, a story of hope and courage and resilience. And it is a story of mistakes and jeopardy. Um, It's really a lot of fun. And I have absolutely loved writing that novel. I mean, it has been an amazing experience. That sounds so fun. I'm excited to read it. I read Thank all the you. books that come out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. Okay, so do you get writer's block? And if you do, what do you do? Keep writing. So okay. um, writer's block, 
is, it, okay, so let's say it's real. And it can be. It can be real. Um, go back and start editing. Don't worry about the fact that you can't lay new words down on a page. Go back and edit the old words. Because when you start editing at the old words, you're going to get back into that voice and the new words are going to start coming. The worst thing for writer's block is to walk away. Now, that doesn't mean don't go for a walk. Sometimes that's exactly what to do. I mean, emotionally walk away and don't return. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, sometimes the best idea is actually to go for a walk out in the sunshine and let ideas percolate at the back of your brain. But that said, um, if you wait for the muse, you will never write. Writing truly is a sit in that chair and keep going. And so, and so if you are blocked, do something else with your manuscript. Go back and edit, brainstorm other character development. Do something to immerse yourself in that world and the voices will start to come and you'll be back in it again. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, my sister's a writer. So like, I... I'm not a writer, but writer's block is very real for her. And yeah, yeah she, a lot of times I feel like she, you know, can walk away from things or, I mean, she does like, she does finish her pieces, but I think that's good advice for, you know, somebody who is a writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it happens to all of us and you just have to have different approaches, but don't give up. Like, yeah. you know, wrestling with those words is the best thing, but, but approach them in different, from different angles. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a fun question. Maybe, you know, you don't necessarily have one, but like, what is one of your books that was like the funnest book to write? Oh, okay. So Shadow in Moscow was an absolute blast. I will say that. Okay. Um, and that's coming out next year. I think if, I, if I'm thinking about my stories, the printed letter bookshop, was and I, this is sound I'm gonna sound old when I say this but it was a hoot it really yeah. was I mean these three women it was so much fun to play with them so these three women tell their stories it's three points of view in this novel and if you notice there are three different verb tenses mm -hmm. and that is how each woman perceives her story so she's telling it from how she regards for instance Claire starts her story in third person and that's because, and, you know, they say it in the novel, she feels a little removed. She feels a little irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And it's only at the 50% mark, she claims her voice and she kind of wakes up. And that was such a fun moment. But I had so much fun with these three women. I loved their journeys. Um, my favorite, to be honest, which sounds horrible to have a favorite character from the book, but <laughs> it's Janet. And she is grouchy. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. She's so grouchy. But she had this really strong voice from the get-go and I loved it and it's so layered you think she's just angry and then the the pain that she's in and what she's done slowly gets you know kind of peeled back and she's vulnerable and and hurting and just wonderful and loyal um, but it takes a little time to un to sort of unveil her and so I really had a lot of fun with that book so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the printed letter bookshop okay although although I've had fun with every book yes. <laughs> so do you do like tours or like meet and greets not only was it great to hear from a woman who has been married for 30 years and has three grown kids but it was also really cool to just hear from an author and her writing and how that goes the process 
and also like the new books that she has coming out. So it would really help if y'all leave a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and just share with your friends and all the women in your lives this podcast. This is Elise Weathers and I'll see you next week on Womanhood in the Rough.